All right. Thanks for checking out another episode of Modern Life Podcast. I'm Sam here today with Stacy. Hi. And Tabby. Are we all yelling? Yes. Just I'm excited for this episode. <laughs> today we're talking about the NBC show Making It, season two. always before we get to the main topic we got some modern thoughts some stuff that's on our mind who wants to start i can start since i didn't do one last week so my uh, modern thought is they uh just started having these worms that can eat plastic and i just read an article about it the only thing is that they're worried about that they excrete the toxins in the plastic mm-hmm. within 48 hours of eating them hmm. so they're trying to figure out a way to control that before releasing them to actually do some good and i just think it's interesting that nature solved its own problems like it usually does I don't know. was um, this a worm that already exists and they discovered or yeah. they oh interesting yeah so um, they're doing all kinds of tests on it now, but... Hold on, you just breeze over that way too fast. So this worm eats plastic. Plastic-eating mealworms. But then but, the uh, excretion from the worm is toxic. Well, the excretion is the toxins in the plastic already. So they... they, right. they So what do we do with that? That's, so what, they're, that that's what they're working on right now. Well... Tox- so the plastic well, is they, gone, but the toxins are still yeah, there? Yeah, so they add certain mm. toxins to, like, um, to plastic to, like make it more durable and things like that. So they, they gave them like the styrofoam plastic and it has eight HP, HPV. HD, HBCD, which is like a endocrine disruption or, and it has like, it does neural. English, please. <laughs> it does a major, <laughs> major to damage to your <laughs> okay. body. Um, it's like a, it, it's an, it's an environmental chemical basically. Hmm. What, is worm, what is this worm it. called? It's a mealworm. Meal, just a mealworm. It's, it's called a mealworm. <laughs> That's what the article says. Depiglio. Yeah. Depiglio. <laughs> I just showed everyone Depiglio. Um, yeah, I don't know if we can rely on nature to solve all our problems. I'm so, not saying that it's going to uh, solve all our problems, but I do think it's interesting that a lot of things already, ex- like the... The world has a way, like nature has a way of like fixing itself. Yeah. No, you know I know I mean? that's not what you're saying. I hope nobody at home is listening to this and being like, yeah, there is no global warming. No, I no, hope no. that's not our listeners, but. <laughs> oh, we, we did some research. We have a very conservative base um, <laughs> for modern life. <laughs> Me next. Okay. Okay. So I work at a restaurant. I, was, I wasn't sure it was just me just noticing it or if it's increased but it seems like to me more and more people are going out to eat on these major holidays i've been telling you this thanksgiving christmas christmas eve christmas day like these major holidays that used to be all about staying in cooking at home having the family over is turning into this you know 12 people showing up at the restaurant for like no one no one wants to cook and deal with the cleanup and all that anymore so i'm like is this just a California thing? Because I haven't lived mm-hmm. here my whole life. And also, I grew up in Germany where, like, Germany shuts down for three days during Christmas. I mean, you, like, nothing is open. So it's just, I didn't know, like, is this just a thing I'm just noticing that's always been like this? And then I looked it up. The only thing I could find, so open, there's this company, Open Table. They make the program that a lot of restaurants use for the hosting desk. We to use put that the one. Reser- yeah, it, it's mm-hmm. like, it's probably the most popular one. The only data I could find on this is they, in the UK, they released some of the data. Open Table released some of their own data. And they said, and this article came out a few weeks ago, it says, in the last few years, restaurant dining on Christmas has gone up 139%. Wow. So I'm not crazy. Now, I'd, I'd be really interested to know what that is in the U.S. I feel like it could be even higher. But yeah, I just thought that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. We're just, it's like entering this new phase. Like, people don't want to deal with cooking and cleaning. I mean, you see it with how many companies are there that, like, deliver food to you, you know? Like well, DoorDash. Yeah, this and- is what this is what I've been saying. Because I have this theory that cooking is like sewing. And this actually perfectly ties into my modern thought. Especially in these places like big cities, Japan, Hong Kong. Japan's not a city. I know that. Sorry, I meant Tokyo. Um, 
And also here in California where real estate is really expensive and you don't even have a kitchen facilities anymore, cooking is going to turn into something like sewing where it's just like a fun hobby. It's not something you do you, to sustain yourself because we're all going to be eating out everywhere. Mm. I think we're moving in that direction. No, I don't know about that. There's so much of the opposite going on too where like you have both. You have like those that don't cook at all and then you have other people who are like focusing on meal prep and focusing on, you know, their health because you don't know what you're getting when you're eating out. And I actually don't even like really eating out. Like it, it, it's an occasional thing. And I know I'm like one of the, I'm not the norm. Weirdo. Yeah. No, but what I'm saying is it's, dependent on space and the type of spaces that are now being created you don't even have like those kitchen facilities anymore you don't even you yeah know, but i feel like even then they're cities. like developing things like an instapot where you can throw everything in there and you don't need and there's like mini fridges like i feel like they're developing things so that people can still cook but just faster yeah, I don't know, I'd, I'd just be interested to know if, like yeah is this a fad or is like you're saying like the way of the future i just think it's a, there's so many companies that cater to it like Either, either deliver your food or companies like Blue Apron, where they you basically just here's everything, just put in the pot for like five minutes. Like I don't know, everything seems to be moving towards that. So I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. Yeah. So so mine is about Bernadette Banner. I watched a video of hers on YouTube. She does costume research. I think they call it Costube on YouTube. Costume. Yeah. Mm. So she has a video up um, of a website in China, one of these fast fashion sites selling her dress illegally. Oh, so yeah. then so that then all the time. she bought it and you can't do anything about it. Are right. you gonna go into this like international legal battle, you one person? Well, it's not even that because China doesn't really honor if trademark you, if you yes. win let's say you win in court here in the US, like China doesn't really give a crap. Right. So. That's true. They have different copyright laws and stuff like that. But so she bought it for a video and the stuff you're getting isn't even made to fit a human body. It's just like she does these reproductions of like, I don't know, 70th century stuff. And that's obviously not what you're getting when you're buying from a site from China. Mm -hmm. So the picture, they used her picture and it doesn't match what you're actually getting in the mail. And she then goes into this whole explanation of fast fashion and how fashion changes every year now whereas it used to change every decade because people aren't spending hours making their own clothes you can just go and buy right. a new thing and i think this really ties into the show of making it too where you just kind of reassess and put value into things that you made yourself it's a little frustrating because like yeah we all want to be like making our own clothes and tending our own gardens and cooking our own food and making our own furniture and whatnot and like it's just not possible but i think she has a point in saying instead of buying all these you know nylon clothes every year really assess and even if you don't know how to sew you can still make a difference when buying from sustainable mm -hmm. places you know fair trade cotton and all that and then really making your clothes an investment Right. Where back in the day, your wardrobe was like your Sunday dress and your regular dress, and that's it. Because you're a poor farmer and you can't make your clothes. Right. You know, you can't make I, your I just watched a podcast that was very similar to this, or listened to a podcast that was very similar to this. It was, um, and it was talking about how this, there's a whole new transition in fashion world where they have like all these fabrics that used to go to the trash. And this woman started like this thing where she goes and collects all the used fabric from these store or like all this stuff that they were about to throw away into the landfill. And then she like reuses it basically. And in the podcast, she was talking about how like some of the materials, like just like what they're made of and like how much of it goes to waste and like how the industry's changed. So it's, it's really kind of fascinating what you're saying mm -hmm. well, on, on a different note i was reading um there's people that make these whole algorithms that basically just pull stuff from twitter and then how to explain this okay for example let's say i have a twitter account like i don't know if you've ever seen the twitter account god it's just called god it just writes the funniest stuff on twitter you know people people just write there's some really witty people on on uh, twitter so let's say you write like a really funny joke that's only a sentence long there's people with algorithms they'll pull the algorithm automatically will pull whatever you wrote if it got like a ton of feedback pulls that off twitter and then puts it on a t-shirt on like a website and this happens 
within like the second you post it. It happens so fast. So I don't know if that makes any sense. So if I if I come up with original content, all of a sudden there's someone over here in this other country selling T-shirts with the joke that I mm. wrote. It just, but they're not even. It's not like there's someone sitting there and like, oh, I'm going to design a T-shirt with this. It just everything is so automated. Like the computer pulls it off Twitter, puts it on the website. It looks like it's on a T-shirt, and then whoever orders it, then they make the T-shirt like made to order. Yeah. But yeah. Th- like fast fashion like there's all kinds of weird stuff like that happening i mean consumer culture isn't getting any better so i don't see people suddenly coming to their right. senses and examining what they're purchasing know, but yeah but it's funny so then I, I forget so one of the one of the guys who figured out that someone is basically scamming his twitter account like that he he then wrote a thing on twitter his his twitter message said this this slogan or this t-shirt was stolen off of Twitter and then that showed up on that website that mm. was pulling off all these things because it's all, no one's checking these things. It's uh. all automated. Interesting stuff. So should we get to making it? Make it! Woo. Season two. So before we dive into the challenges and the contestants and all that, I want to talk about NBC had a really weird approach to releasing this. So this got released was how many episodes? Like five, six? Eight. Eight. Eight Eight episodes got released basically within, it was like seven to ten days of each other. Where it's like, it's like NBC is trying to do the thing Netflix does, but like for live TV. And from what I've read, the ratings have sucked for, like they have not been, they've been worse than season one. But then one guy pointed out, it's like how many... How many people have time to watch all eight episodes in 10 days on live TV? Like, no one's doing that. Yeah. So then I'm interested, because they do put this stuff up on Hulu, and you can watch it for free on NBC.com. Like, they don't release these numbers, but I'm just curious, like, how many people are watching it through that, like, compared to live TV? Because all they give you is the live TV ratings. That that doesn't really mean anything Hmm. in 2019, because you have all these other outlets of people watching it. But it also just seems like you have Amy Poehler and Nick Offerman, who are American treasures and, like, loved by everybody. And, like, I haven't seen a single advertisement. No, me neither. I was going to say that, actually. Yeah. And, like, you know, if I click on, like, one... If I accidentally click on a diaper video on YouTube, I'm going to get, like, a million diaper ads all of a sudden, yeah. right? And so, like... We've released a podcast on season one. I've been looking up stuff about making it. I know. It. I was going to say that. I'd I be like, I would anything. be the prime target for advertising, right? I have not seen... I didn't see a single thing when this was coming out. So I just... I don't understand. Is this just a thing they're just throwing a little money at and it's just out there as like a Christmas special and they're just not really No, the marketing's not good. The only, the only reason we heard about the show, I think I saw like one ad when season one was coming out. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this looks really cool. But they don't, like, I don't know what, I feel like you have this gem of a show and there's no one at NBC, like, really pushing it out there. And, I mean, I hope they renew it for season three, but it's up in the air right now from what I read. So, wow. I just think it's really strange. It doesn't make any sense to me. Like, this, I feel like if this show was on Netflix, oh yeah, it would be, like, a huge hit, right? Yeah. Yeah. But it's buried under all this other NBC programming. It's getting, it's got just the weirdest release schedule. And then it's just like gone. Like, I don't, and like, it's not like season one is on Netflix or anything. I mean, it's on Hulu, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it's just very mm-hmm. strange what they did with the show. Cause mm-hmm. it should be like a way bigger hit, I feel like. It's just like a feel good show. People from the left and the right can watch it. The whole family can watch it. Like, this should be a huge show. You have like Nick. Offerman, Amy Poehler, like, I don't understand what's happening. You know, when Amy Poehler comes out with a movie, it's a hit. If When Nick Offerman does a stand-up special, it's a hit. Like, mm-hmm. why can't this, why this is not working? I don't mm-hmm. know. I just think it's frustrating. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about the judges? I know you have a lot to oh, say about God. it. <laughs> judges. Well, what do you, did you like the judges? <laughs> I know I had a gripe with them when we talked about season one. Yes, and I didn't agree with you, but I can kind of see what you're saying now, which is, what are you saying? Well, honestly, so Simon, who is the guy who does the windows at Barney's in New York, I like him more. 
in season two than I did in season one. I feel like he's kind of grown as a judge. He'll actually teach me stuff. Like, he'll oh, yeah, throw out a he term. Has, I mean, he has an actual education, right? right? He knows all these art movements. He's yeah. like, oh, this looks like a so-and-so. And then you get the little thing at the bottom, like, explaining mm-hmm. what it is. I'm, like, actually learning things. It's like, oh, this is such-and-such such design from 1580. I'm like, that's, like, that's cool. The guy, like, knows a lot of stuff. But then the other judge, what's her name? Dana. Dana. So she's like one of the main people over at Etsy. And I don't I don't get She's a trend spotter. She's like a trend spot setter over at Etsy.com. And I just don't she seems to have no experience in actually making things herself. That really showed this season too. Right. Me. Yeah. And there's never any the feedback she gives, I don't find I don't know, insightful the, yeah exactly like I, i'm not learning anything i i learn more from nick offerman yeah i feel like he is like him and simon are the two that actually know how to make things and like really appreciate the craftsmanship nick, even more than simon nick is like even he's not a judge he's just one of the presenters and he is constantly like hey you should try this or have you tried like using such and such tool like i'm constantly learning stuff from him like, he should be a judge on the show because he seems to have the most knowledge of actually making stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with Dana, it's every other word. It's like, oh, we see this on Etsy a lot. Like, I don't... That's not criticism. Like, I would, like, I don't it's just care. like a plug. Like, here, everybody look at Etsy. Etsy plugs. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't care for her as a judge I, at all. I really lost faith in her in the challenge with the wreath. And that was the one episode where I really didn't agree with the person going home, who was the Hawaiian guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, he made all this tie-dye, all this these pyramids on his wreath that I thought were so beautiful. And then he ended up going home. Right. And she, the 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 girl with the... I'm, we're not going to remember any of these contestants' names. This is not what this I, podcast I got you is. right here. <laughs> all right. Hawaiian guy was Matt. And then the girl with the long hair who just stapled... Jesse. Barbie legs on the... Oh, that was so disturbing. That <laughs> has stayed with me. <laughs> it was really disturbing. Oh, my God. Yeah, that so is not really pretty. And her, her wreath was just doll legs that she pulled off the dolls. It must have been like 150 doll legs that she then glued together into a circle to make a wreath that was... Like out of the shining, like yeah, and then Dana goes, "Oh, I've never seen this before," God. and I'm like, "Good, it's good." I I didn't want to see this either. Like that's not that's not a good thing. Like just because terrifying. you haven't seen it before <laughs> doesn't mean it's something that should exist. Too, it wasn't very like. That's all. What it was? Just it was. It, it didn't. It, there was no original. I mean, there may be a little bit of originality, but there's no like craftsmanship. No, it's it's doll legs. She didn't make the doll legs. She pulled them off a doll. And then glued them together. To Jesse's credit, she did make it into the final. No, I'm not. Seen the show. This for the record, she what she so does later and the development that she has from start to finish, there's a, there's a huge development she was so with hit her. And miss. Sometimes yeah. it's like, what is this? And then she does something. Was it the second last episode where they have to do the shed, and she does this beautiful flooring in there? And yeah. Like, she was either amazing or just, I'm like, what is this? Yeah, she was very divisive for me because she also just put a bunch of scissors on a wall. And I was like, that's dangerous. (laughs) It's not cute. I don't want that. designing the office space. Yeah, Yeah. and then she just built a wall out of sponges. And I'm like, I don't want this. I don't want... Those were all her earlier stuff, though, right? Like, in the first and second. I I just don't know why she made it to the final. Oh, yeah. No, I agree with that. Yeah. You know, it's... It was just a little frustrating. <laughs> I know you want you want to talk about all the makers real fast. I have a list of them right here. <laughs> yeah, let's do so it. There was Ashley. I um, liked Ashley. She was the one with the beautiful hair, right? She beautiful. Yeah. Hair. I oh don't really God. remember any of this. I feel like she left pretty early in the show, she right? Did she? Yes. I don't really remember what she made. She did make a really cool uh, credenza. And then you um, had uh, Aspen. I don't know if she was like Asian or Filipino. Oh, or... she left the first episode. Yeah. yeah, she had that cool thing with the clothespins, and then she didn't make it. Yeah. Oh, she didn't oh, finish. Yeah. She was she bad was time management. Super, but she left maybe on the second or third. No, second, episode. she was always like episode. behind. Was it the first? First episode. Really? Second episode was the guy with the robot who left. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. The cute little robot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because she, I think, on both challenges in the first episode, she tried to go so big and like didn't wasn't really finishing her crafts. I 
I like really liked how they picked people with different backgrounds this time. Like the last last season, it was yeah. like there was one person with a different background, but this one it seemed like they were all like very eclectic with their backgrounds. It was just more evenly matched to where. I know. I think no. it wasn't the the contestants. I think it was the challenges were designed yeah. so well this time to fit multiple different skill sets. Yeah, maybe and that was it. And then you also had, I think, more help from the shop because Jimmy became like an actual character. Right. I don't know if he was there the first season, but Jimmy the carpenter like yeah. the main was like our favorite character on yeah. the show. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a combination of things to where the challenges were more just even the playing field a little bit mm-hmm. but then i agree also, with that but i just think that the the it wasn't just a bunch of people who could like make small things i feel right. like in the fir- this one it was like people that had like more you know there was a there, there was more eclectic di- backgrounds true. do you know what i'm saying like it, you, you the first one we didn't have anybody like floyd who was like phenomenal at building like the most random well, who, so who's the mm. winner on the first season what's his name kim kim kim, kim yeah. who was basically like a master woodworker like woodworker <laughs> yeah. Yeah. to where i th- and he won season one and i i mean it's, it's it was just unfair sometimes i think they yeah. learned from he that he just built the yeah. most amazing stuff and he never needed like jimmy's help yeah. i don't know if like, jimmy was, was even <laughs> there yeah i remember no jimmy was there they he showed was? Him. yeah yeah oh. he was there in season one but i i remember i'm pretty sure in season one and Jim would be like, "You need help," and Kim's just like, "Oh, like I got it." Like he yeah. was just this insane woodworker, yeah. and the the woodworker they picked for this one was more of an amateur woodworker to kind of like even out the playing field a little. Yeah, because I think when you have someone that can just make these amazing, huge things out of wood in no time at all, like it's it's just not fair when you have it like next to Balloon Lady over here. It was Ashley that was the the woodworker, wasn't it? So the. So Floyd, Floyd was sort of a woodworker. He used that. Yeah, but he was more with like cardboard. Ashley and had like, only made a few things. They yeah, so that's she was the amateur yeah. woodworker, yeah. right? Okay. Who's next? Then you had Egan. Yeah, I have a lot of was, things to say about he, Egan. Ma- Missouri? No. Small town. So, I don't know. Came from this small town, nineteen years old, and was very upset that his childhood was ending. No. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, like he's, stuck. He. <laughs> Well, I mean, Super he was talented, though. He yeah, I mean, he was really homeschooled, cool and he had he was like bullied in high school, like bullied in school. So I, I, th- I think he's just a very well, big homebody. Town with a huge family, and they're all really tight with each other. And then he was bullied. At, so I mean, there was. It's just no, so I get different. it. I get it. I just hope, you know, how is he going to fulfill all these dreams of being like a set designer if he. Is upset that his siblings are growing up, which I find a little creepy. And he's like, all I want is more siblings and more children, and I want them to take over the world. It's like, okay, calm down. 12 years old forever. (laughs) Calm down. I just think he took a big of like a lot of a fatherly role with them. And I think so he has those ties. And to have those ties at a really early age, I think would kind of mess with you like mentally a little bit. Do you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Well, I mean, it's big that he even came on the show. That's what I'm saying. I mean, he's obviously willing to try things because he came on the show. He he bonded a lot with Floyd. Yeah. So Floyd was next up on the list, who was like a semi woodworker. Right. But but Egan, the challenge that he went home on, which was that graffiti office he built, which wasn't it wasn't good but you could see he d- he's never had a job before it's yeah. there he had right. a job for like a month he couldn't even picture himself like of what would i want to work what, what would work be yeah. in, in an office mm-hmm. like of course it's not going to be like this graffiti thing like right. it made sense that he stumbled on that challenge and that's yeah. when he went home yeah, you yeah. Know? his office looked like it'd be the background in like an 80s little shop of horse movie. yeah <laughs> <laughs> Like uh, escape from New York or something. Yeah. Um, okay, then you had Floyd. Floyd stayed pretty late into the show. Yeah, right? he was the last guy to go. I forget. There was this one tool he kept using. I forget the name the of jigsaw. it. The jigsaw. The jigsaw. Yeah. Who he was just crazy with that thing. He just seemed like a really thoughtful guy. Yeah. yeah. You know, like a good, good well, person. Well, him, him and Egan connected. That's the other thing. Like this show. You really see all these people grow throughout the show. 
Like Justine, who we'll get to later, was so shy, and then she was Which like is a different person. Crazy, because the I the think show. they filmed this in like a week or something. No, no way, they film it more, over more than a week. You think they have a yeah. day between each challenge? Dude, oh, I think they no totally have all some the challenges back to back to back. I don't. I don't know. It. You think because so? you have to probably submit all your challenges beforehand Maybe, and all your yeah. concepts. That's what you have to do on the Great British Bake Off. You send it before you even get on the yeah. show. You send in all your right. bakes and all your recipes and everything. They're not going to figure it out like right. day of. Yeah, I don't know. It'd be interesting to know how fast they filmed it. It just looked exhausting. I don't know. Then you had Jamie, who was the scientist guy. He went home in the oh, second man, episode. I, yeah, and I wish I would have seen more of his. Stuff. Yeah, me too. I actually that, felt the same uh, way. Like I, I thought it would have been promise, interesting. And he just well, he didn't finish. The the showstopper. No, the, the second. The building of the, the challenge. There was something that was supposed to be spinning, right? And he couldn't oh, the finish mailbox. it. The mailbox. The mailbox. And it, yeah. he like didn't finish it. But he he was really good with electronics. And I, I feel like he could have made some really cool stuff. But he just didn't just didn't have his pacing right. Ran out of time. Then you had Jessie, who's the doll lady. She would. She was famous. She was a. She was a painter, artist. portrait yeah, she, artist. She's the famous dead, like, like making stuff with food, which yeah. is in, which is incredible. And yeah. not just food, like the Serena Williams tennis ball. Yeah. Thing. Oh uh, yeah. Like the stuff that she made on her own to me was. Yeah. And and also her whole approach to things, where she was like, if I've seen it before, I'm not going to do it. I'm only going to mm-hmm. do things that are original, which I don't even I don't even think like that. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not that creative of a idea comer up or whatever. Right. So. Yeah, I think a lot of her ideas just kind of missed for me. I think when you have someone like that taking, I'm only doing original stuff that's taking huge risks, like it's going to be hit or miss. Yeah. You like, know, you're not going to bat a thousand on it, that. It's just, I, to me, she also didn't make an effort of really, well, why would I be doing this? Why would I be buying a million paintbrushes and making a portrait out of that? Why would I be using a million plastic sponges or scissors and whereas other people had more of like an ecological approach right. and reusable approach she yeah. didn't think about that at all and to me that's i don't know that's always a plus yeah, when you're you right because some people would make something and then it's like well you can also what was it the the invitation on the last episode well, that like was justine, just, justine yeah. had, it was an amp it was this big wooden amp and then the invitation card but then if you pulled that out you could actually store vinyl records in there yeah oh how old is jesse though she's younger right she's like in her early 20s yeah. right i feel like that's has a lot to do with she like, like the, just moved to new york yeah like i just i get the feeling that like there's not that development yet Maturity. you know what i mean and like I feel like justine was older or like lily was older so that they had more like mm-hmm experiment in the world experience in the world to bring to the project you know what i'm saying and like justine is just a brand new artist just trying to come up with new material not justine jesse jesse sorry but and i think they're them also acknowledging how big it is just to make it in new york and her also making it as an artist in new york that's Mm -hmm. crazy to me (laughs) that's true that's insane um but then you have so next on the list is justine who i think became like all of our favorites towards the end of the show right yeah. Like, we were all rooting for her. And Just her relationship with Amy yeah. it was so funny. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. And spoiler, <laughs> she wins. Um, she wins Amy? So she, she, wins, she wins everything. So she was a construction manager, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. But before that... She did a lot of, like, arts window and, like, dressing. window dressing. Window dressing. That's yeah. right. So she had all this past experience of making stuff. But hadn't but been doing hadn't it. And really been making stuff for a mm-hmm. while because she was just managing other people. Which, but at the same time, like, I think that that was a benefit to her because at first she was a little rocky, but her but time management was always, oh, like, yeah. spot on. So, so I yeah. feel like yeah. because she had all that experience, like, managing other people, it helped her manage herself a little bit, which was why she was always able to pull off when these she, crazy... This tiny little thing, and she looks so unassuming, but she knows so much yeah. about all the different materials. Yeah, she's She's a boss bitch. Yeah. Yeah. She was was legit. She was impressive. Which I think the show doesn't point that out enough how important it is to... You've probably never created under a time pressure like this. Within these hours, you have to do blah, blah, blah. Like, that's huge that some people can do that. Mm -hmm. When I had my... um, practical exam in pastry school that i just finished my team was the only one to finish on time <laughs> it's kind of like a technical challenge where like you have this amount of hours and here's a really rough recipe or it just tells you make this and like 
after that, I'm never going to judge anyone on the Great British Bake Off ever again. Because, like, <laughs> man. <laughs> like, it's tough getting yeah. everything done. Oh, and yeah, no. Time management is, like, the hardest thing for yeah. most people. And I, I think because of the window dressing, Justine and the other lady who was the interior designer, mm -hmm. they mm -hmm. really knew how to use space. Rebecca. Yes, yeah. Rebecca. And I think that's a... We've talked about that in our action episode of mm -hmm. how a director uses space mm -hmm. or uses a scene and I and it, it kind of translates into this making it how do you make your space yeah. function and but she I mean at one point she used a conduit bender on multiple little pipes to make this like half circle and I forget it was one of the judges didn't even know what that tool was like she knew more than like the judges or really anyone else Besides maybe like Jimmy, but yeah, Jimmy and Nick, yeah. yeah so she was she was a boss. Um, yeah. Well, because remember Nick knew what it was, and the the they didn't. Right, they were like, right. no and idea. Which is another thing that contributes to me not having that much faith in Dana as a right. judge. Yeah. <laughs> well, how can you judge someone? How can you judge people if you don't even know the difficult process that goes into right. making that art? It'd be like if on the Great British Bake Off, <laughs> one of the judges was just someone who really likes cake, but had right. no idea how to right. do it. Right. Yeah. That's I mean, because there's like intricate details that go into things that like you have to judge them not just on what they've created, but also the difficult level that they created. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I, I feel like that's what was lacking in some of the things is like some of the episodes is because you... It, it it's almost judging their idea mm -hmm. and how it came through, but mm -hmm. not on the level that they chose, you know, the level of difficulty they chose mm -hmm. to create it. I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, then you have Lily, the balloon lady. We got a little fed up with her towards the end. I was tired of the crying. She cries a lot about her family. tired of the crying. I'm doing this for my son. Oh, my God. Um. <laughs> I was over it. <laughs> I, I think she, she was very original. When she she got successful, like semi famous in the arts and crafts community, she does all these crazy balloon designs. Um, Which she she grew towards the end. She yeah, wasn't no. using the balloons. She was using. Other I know things. she was first few episodes. Everything's got balloons in it, but then all of a sudden she she started making stuff without any balloons in the design and these really intricate, super detailed, super well just polished. Like when she did the shed, I mean, it was just like it was polished. It yeah. was so intricate. The like floor she, she did. She yeah. she mm -hmm. surprised me. Or like, oh, okay, you're not just it's a not balloon just maker. balloons. Like yeah. she like she knew how to make stuff really well. I was I mean I was impressed with her stuff most of the time. And also something I think the show maybe just didn't know I didn't have time to go into when they have the cake challenge. They, wa they walk over to a station and she has a cake covered perfectly oh, yeah. in fondant with the it's smooth. It's like perfect. <laughs> Getting fondant to not have that like wrinkly rhino skin mm -hmm. and to get it, it looks easy, but it's really not. And I think, and then they said, oh, she used to be like a, a cake, have a cake business. Right. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense now. The cake yeah. business, she, which she did. Like invitations event professionally. Planning. At one she point. does event planning, I think, is yeah, what she no, does she, now. She surprised me where she just was busting out all these other skills towards the end of the show. Mm -hmm. Then you have Matt, who was the Hawaiian guy. I he's, loved him. He stuck around for about half half the season. Yeah, he was so nice. Because him and I think Rebecca as well, you could really tell that they had a style. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And sometimes the judges liked that and sometimes they were like, be more right. original, but I think if you have a Floyd definite... was also like that too. Oh, yeah, he was yeah. very stylistic. Oh, yes, yes, yes. He always yeah. had that spray painted mm -hmm. sky, and I, I think if you have a certain style, it actually helps you. Maybe not on the on TV, but in life, where people will right. seek you out and yeah. hire right. you for what you're known that's for. That's the thing with Rebecca, who was the interior designer, and she's been doing interior design for a long time, and she, you could just tell she has just a certain style. These very popping colors and like a lot of angles triangles and stuff i think she also really had the human touch because yeah. some people were more introverted and she you could tell she's right. worked with so many people and how they interact with their own environments yeah. that she was more intuitive of what people would like but her i mean that's i feel like it's ultimately what got her off the show well, yeah. she just she stayed so within her bounds that she didn't really but push I mean, herself she outside the, of it the second last episode mm -hmm. i mean yeah. her shed 
looked great, but it was just the design we had seen before. It was like that's what I mean. She like literally like every she didn't really push herself. I mean, and I understand having a style and using that style, but I feel like there is a way. She was one of the older contestants too. Yeah, if you've been doing interior design for a long time, I mean, you just that's just how you see things. Yeah, it's just like you got your thing. I, I think it's really hard. I mean, it's like look at like movie directors once they get into a certain age like they're not taking big risks and stuff anymore like they just have something that works for them right yeah steven spielberg <coughs> um <laughs> yeah so that was all God. the contestants <laughs> can we talk about the shed challenge yeah please it was 12 hours long the shed was so there bigger. wasn't two challenges in the it was the second last episode it was only one challenge full episode which was, yeah, make, here's a empty shed we got from Home Depot, and you have to completely give this a makeover, and you have basically the entire day, 12 hours, which is insane. Oh, man. And afterwards, they all started crying, and I'm like, I feel like crying. I feel, I'm exhausted just watching it. So like, what was my problem with that is, I feel like that would have been the challenge to do for the very last episode. I found it weird that they were doing, it's like, it's the biggest challenge in the whole show. It's the longest one, but they saved it for the second to last episode. I, hmm. It just seems like a season finale. Like, hey, there's three of you left. Here's a shed. You have 12 hours. Because but then how would I have gone with the party theme and like you walk in the barn and you're the winner? Because you can, I don't know, hang out in the shed. The, the thing is with these, with these types of shows, same with the British Bake Off, is on the last episode, it... You always point this out. It doesn't really matter what you did on the first challenge. It matters what you do on That's the second true. challenge. That's true. So it just makes sense to have just one challenge for the season finale. That's why I was. That just would have confused. been hard to judge, though, because everyone's shed. I feel like they did so a better good. job. I think I feel like they did a better job this year of make making the first challenge matter. I mean, like the first challenge matter more because Maybe. they tied in together. That's true. There was more of a theme. You know what I'm saying? Like last year was like two separate challenges. I Mm -hmm. remember it being this year. It was like one challenge led to the other and they judged based on the continuity of those two challenges. So I feel like that was one of the reasons Justine won was because she did such a nice job. One with her first challenge and then two to like bring it into an idea. And I feel like that was one of the reasons why the other two didn't do as well is because they didn't. There was no fluid. So that brings me to another point about the whole judging and. I just think a show like this is not good on a traditional TV format like NBC to where it's an hour show, but it's only 40 minutes because you have all the commercials. Mm-hmm. If you like look at something like the British Bake Off that's now on Netflix and you really have like the whole hour to explore everything and you what the British Bake Off show does so well is you get that behind the scenes look of like what are the judges thinking after each of the challenges yeah, and I, I miss that on this show. Like, well, yeah, I, don't I definitely know. feel like that would have been more I interesting. I want to see Dana and uh, Simon and Simon. Like, Simon, I want to see like what is their thought process and have them like explain it. You know, once the challenge is done, clear everyone out and like have them walk around and talk about. Yeah, like without the contestants in front of them. Like sometimes when the contestants are there, I, they'll they'll kind of hold back because they don't want to mm-hmm. be super mean. Like, I just I want to see their judging process more. I feel like. That's one of the things the show is missing. That was our problem with the first season. We yeah. said that in our last episode on this. And I think the mistake the show mean, makes is to assume that, well, there's nothing to taste, so there's nothing to explain. You can see what these right. people made. Maybe, yeah. But then I still can't, like, you're right, I still can't always follow their their decisions. I just think the show would really benefit from having an entire uninterrupted hour. Because sometimes, like... I like when something comes up and then I'm learning a new thing on the show, but that stuff gets rushed through so fast because you don't have a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the show would just really benefit from like a little slower pacing and really taking your time and exploring what are like, I love when like Nick and Amy do the like season one, they were like, they blindfolded Nick and they had him smell the wood and he was oh, yeah. he's like, oh, this smells like walnut. Walnut is good for this. Like, I love learning all that stuff and I just think the show would benefit from having like a little more of a teaching element. The other thing that's interesting is obviously a lot of people streamed the show on season one compared to watching it live because even though it's a traditional format show on NBC, you had that those ads within the show 
from blueprint.com it's called yeah and nick and amy would do this little comedic thing and then blueprint.com and like because it's an ad with in the show because i feel like they know a lot of people are streaming this show like so they're still getting money from an ad even though it's not a traditional ad yeah i've never really seen that in a show before i thought that was interesting yeah it's definitely new i did really like the editing on this even though they didn't have that much time i liked the transitions the amount of time something took what am I trying to say? The sequence of things makes sense, which on the Great British Bake Off, oh, the God, people yeah. editing, obviously I've never yeah. baked anything before because it'll be like somebody pulling twill out of the oven and then 10 minutes later, they're like, I'm ready to shape my twill. And I'm like, no, you're not. Yeah, you could tell <laughs> for the most part the editing was on because yeah. then the judge would be like, like, you're only five minutes left. And then you see someone, like one of the contestants, pretty far into their challenge and like oh whoa only five minutes and they're putting the finishing touches on like yeah the editing sinks up it's not just a bunch of random cuts of people running around (laughs) yeah yeah and the the little transitions with the felt animals we all got a kick out of that oh they're so so cute the paper bee and the little birds and (laughs) <laughs> the what was it a hummingbird or, or yeah the bee that they had go up to it the, the duck flower. the bee or something else <laughs> it, was it was all great. there was the they put the robot in from oh yeah, scientist oh, yeah. guy jamie oh there was a little felt mouse too yeah, yeah. no it was super cute <laughs> it's just there's a lot of attention to detail to all that and all the just yeah the transitions very cute they make a lot of fun of the... There's a lot of British Bake Off shows in there. You notice that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, so Amy's With the cake doing, challenge. Yeah. Stacey, do your Amy Poehler per- impression. <laughs> With the what? cake. What? Which oh, one? Stacey, she had an Amy Poehler Stacey the other day did such a good, like... Oh, I know, but it's something I do on the spot. You, I, like, never can replicate stuff. <laughs> your sponge is too spongy and not spongy enough. <laughs> oh, there was one point where, like... <laughs> Right, right when they're saying who has to go home, and they made it super dramatic. Do you remember that? Yeah. They put, in, they put in this super dramatic music, and I was like, "What's happening?" And then they made fun of it. I'm like, "Oh, okay, I get it." Um, just to go through some of the challenges, mm-hmm. the wall challenge, where I think it was Justine who made the the light. flower yeah, the, yeah on the, the blue light. Light. and mm-hmm. where she was like everybody has that random outlet that really leads nowhere <laughs> and I, I was like oh that's so smart like mm-hmm. i really i really loved that one and then also egan and that one had the stripes with the arrows and he built all the arrows himself yeah and then they like was, represent each like of his sim- siblings of course, or something yes <laughs> <laughs> it's very clever and then Nick also said something about handwriting and how we use part of our brain for handwriting. We no longer use it anymore. I don't know. Mm. I know a lot of schools are actually no longer even teaching you how to write things by hand, which I yeah. find incredible. But also maybe that's what we're, that's the future. I don't know. Both my kids had to learn how to do handwriting. Yeah, but I guess they, they still are horrible at it. Both of them asked Coda to write like handwriter name, like, in cursive and she can't do it oh she can't write on me she but she but she t- was taught it she's done it before yeah, well, cur- cursive no one's doing cursive in this country I, I know but there is a level of appreciation that you should have for it it's not it shouldn't die i don't think it's an art that cursive? should die i don't yeah. know really yeah I, I just think we're moving on in society yeah Why i don't do know i just thought cursive? it was i just thought it was interesting I also appreciate that Simon was the only one who knew how to say chaise long. Chaise long. Because the people keep saying chaise lounge. I'm like, no, it's not a lounge. Stop. <laughs> you know, I was, I feel like Simon definitely grew as a judge. I was cool with him. Yeah. I just, I think, if they're making season three, like Dana's got to go. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just, I just didn't find her insightful <laughs> at all. Um, I mean, what was your favorite contestant? Justine? Is yeah. Justine's everyone's favorite? Yeah. I don't know. I had a lot of favorites. I don't know. Everyone was great. Justine towards the end was my favorite, but I feel like, yeah, I don't know. I, I liked Floyd. I liked Floyd for a hot minute there. I, I, I liked Floyd through the entire thing. I was upset when he just, went home. Just with like three episodes to go, Justine really kind of opens up mm-hmm. with like Nick and Amy. Mm-hmm. And that's because she was so shy. You didn't get to see her personality. Yeah. So that's when she starts opening up i'm like oh she's really cool and she knows a lot and she's a boss i, I really started liking mm-hmm. 
Yeah, one of the challenges I also really liked was the episode three was a friendship theme mm-hmm. and where they had them work together on the costumes. Um, I thought that was a good, interesting change oh, yeah. or something new from season one. Right. Yeah. The way they to, had like, like team up with each other. Yeah, the yeah, pinata that was, I like and that. the sushi. Like everybody's costumes was really, really good. Oh, yeah. What was... The Rebecca had one with Lily. Was it Lily? Yeah, and they made like the pinata. pinata. That was fantastic. (laughs) The candy inside. Did they win that one? No, the walk and sushi roll one, which which was Justine and Jesse. That one was cool too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, these people are insane. Like I don't. And then also the um, the animal house where you had to build a house for an animal, but it had to be something else too. I thought that's so interesting. The Lily did that butterfly bakery. I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, I wouldn't have thought of doing like a butterfly sanctuary. No, it's cool because we have. Was it last year when we had the butterflies migrating through Mm -hmm. here? Yeah, you're you're driving and you have to wipe them off your windshield. There's so many butterflies. butterflies. Yeah, it was a lot. That's that was the challenge where I finally saw that. Jesse was for real. Everything was really kind of hit and miss. And then she made that the forced dog perspective house, one. Yeah. I couldn't have that in my home. It trips me out. I know, but I, <laughs> no, I, I'm not saying I would want it. <laughs> but the thing is with that forced perspective, at every inch, the design, you have to change the size a little, right? It, it has to be match. perfect. And hers was spot on. Like spot on amazing. Yeah. That was really kind of impressive. Like Because both the wall and the floor and the ceiling design, it all has to match and size and shrink yeah. down like that was really impressive it's like oh okay she can actually do cool stuff and not just glue uh mm-hmm. dolls to us yeah <laughs> well, that was a, well that was an episode four yeah. was this was this you had to pick like a season or a holiday and some people did some really cool things where like floyd had the magnetic one right where you could just take them off the wreath and put new magnets oh yeah, oh, yeah that was so it. cool i like that it was Yay. very... Grief uh, was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the mailbox one stands out. What else? I mean, the, the shed one, obviously. And that that was uh, that was the best one in season one, too. The shed? That's where Kim, remember, he split yeah, the Yeah, that was where he, he split the, the roof. roof and half and, like, I was make so us, cool. Like, Starga- stargazing. Because you give people yeah. all this space to work with, like, to come up with some really cool things. Like, Jesse had the... Is it called Periscope? Yeah. But yeah. it was like you looked in it. Well, you look in, then the mirror, you're like looking out the other side. Yeah, that yeah. Was, I wouldn't have even thought about yeah. that. I think something I wanted to see more of from Egan and something they didn't really point out was his uh, painting skills. Like when he did the cow mm. on the side of the milk carton or like oh, yeah. he was such an incredible painter. And yeah. I wanted to see more of that and maybe have more of a focus on that. Because right. that, really, that really impressed me. I thought that was amazing. Oh, yeah, and then was it Justine who did the, like, haunted tree when they had to do the lawn display? Yeah, it was. And she, I yeah. thought that yeah, was so cool. really cool. And, yeah, and that's when Floyd did the eagle where you could, like, oh, ride yeah. the eagle. When Nick Offerman was like, yeah. Gandalf! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the eagle one was really cool. For a lot of the challenges, it's really, we're in this Instagram culture. And that's then the, true. the show also pushed that to where... You know, when Nick Offerman jumps on the eagle, then they almost they do this snapshot. It's like a fake Instagram yeah. thing. That's what it looks like to where everything and what... They had to make photo booths. They had to make photo booths in the very last episode. Like party. everything. Yeah. It's f- and then to, like in real life, you see a lot of restaurants or malls now. There's always... There's like a wall with a cool design where people take... Instagram. You know, their selfies and stuff. It's just it's funny to me how how much that is it's being- incorporated into actual designs now. I mean, we go when we go to the wall, uh, the mall at Universal Studios. There's that wall, with that these angel huge wall, wings where there's always like a million people taking pictures. Yeah, like people love that stuff. If you have a cool wall, it's social people media take pictures there. They'll tag your restaurant, and you get more exposure. It's yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's just it's just part of design now. I find that mm-hmm, really interesting. Mm-hmm. And then um, let's see. The, also, the other one that was really cool was the piggy bank, where Floyd made yeah. this whole art gallery that you could pull out. That like was the wall, the wall like art. Wall safe. Yeah. yeah, that was amazing. Yeah. The wall safe. Yeah. And I, I don't know who it was who made that tiny trailer. What did Lily do? Lily did. Lily. No, it was Rebecca. 
because it had her. Oh yeah, she want to take a road trip with all yeah, her kids. Yeah, it, right? it had her flair on it. The like yeah, southwestern. Was so detailed. All yeah, her, she worked so clean. Yeah, yeah. Like all her lines were always you like, know spot her, on. Like the little hitch on the trailer. Yeah, like it was everything. What did was Lily crazy. do that round? I don't remember. I don't remember either. Oh, we let's talk about the prize money really quick. It's a hundred thousand dollars, and then we did the math on. Taxes oh, yeah. and California, and a third of that gets taken away for <laughs> yeah. for taxes. Depending on what state you're in, up to half of the prize money could be taken away for taxes. Weirdly enough, California, from what I read, even though we have high tax on everything else, there isn't uh, what's called a lottery tax. That That's when basically half of it is taken away. A lot of other states have that. Weirdly enough, there's not that here. But if you're if you make over a million a year like athletes that play in california once you reach like a certain threshold if let's say i get a paycheck for two million or just starting at one million that's when it gets basically taxed when on top with federal and state and everything Unless, you basically half that money is gone <laughs> yeah but if no. you're below that threshold <laughs> then those taxes don't kick in in this state I don't know what other. I mean, what I just wanted to talk about Justine's dad at the end when he's like, "This is the first oh, emotion yes. I've ever felt." Or whatever, you know, he's such a man's man. <laughs> what, he, <laughs> he was, what, he was like Jerry from Parks and Rec, right? Oh, like he, yeah. <laughs> the family was like all of Justine's sisters are gorgeous, all like models and the mom. <laughs> and, and then you have this dad. dad who looks like. <laughs> Like a character from Lord of the Rings. Like a little, <laughs> little troll. I love the dad. But he was, yeah, he was amazing. He's just crying. He's like, oh, because cause he didn't know. Uh -huh. She made the whole last challenge around About his pre-retirement party. And he's just yeah. like lost. <laughs> he's like, oh, my God. <laughs> that was really uh, cool. Um, yeah, I don't. What else we got? What, what um, was everyone's favorite challenge? The shed? I don't know. You don't know. And they, all the challenges were so, you know, like Is the cake thing. Is a challenge you didn't like? I mean, I don't have one. I, I, I didn't like the cake challenge because I didn't think that it, I think right, that it was. Right, but you didn't have to make real yeah, cake. Yeah, no, you didn't have to make the cake. Yeah, that's true. You could just make like a cake out of styrofoam. And working with gum paste and fondant and it. It's almost like, like working with clay, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also the piping is almost similar to painting. Yeah. And you could, what's really in right now is the spatula, the spackle buttercream stuff, mm -hmm. which I think one of them did do that. Yeah. So you so. can use, I, th I like that challenge because it made you use, it catered to people who already worked with food. Mm -hmm. So it gave them a break. And then it also made you use new materials in a, in a, in a mm -hmm. way you maybe you weren't used to. Right. And and I mean Floyd did what that that frog bucket thing where the cake is Oh that like was awesome. Yeah, that was so cool. And Lily, yeah. Was that that wasn't the one with the cereal, was it? Yes. What was the cereal yeah. one? Yeah. Yeah. Lily made that cereal bowl with Oh, the and there was the honey. Suspended. Yeah, I actually yeah. liked the honey one more. I did too. I didn't understand I, don't know why I was so obsessed one. with the cereal. No. I don't know. No, no, no. It, was it the mailbox one that Jesse did where the paint is like splashing out? Yeah. That was just, they're oh. like the red paint is like, and then it's splashing oh, out. Oh, yeah, but she didn't finish that one when yeah, Simon I just, pointed out. I, I love that kind of stuff. How did we like Nick and Amy? Were they funny? Were oh, they amazing? I love, they're I the love Nick and Amy. The they're chemistry. like the best chemistry. Yeah. They're like super entertaining to watch. I just don't know why Nick didn't wear his plaid shirts this season, but... <laughs> he had to spice it up a little bit. He has like so many plaid no, shirts you can wear. Yeah, I have no problem with them. Oh, none at all. I think that they're amazing. Where, like, Amy is just there for comic relief. She doesn't know anything. anything. And yeah. Nick is also really funny, but he's he also really everything. good woodworker and craftsman, yeah. and he knows a lot of stuff. Um, no, they're they're great together. I just, again, I mean, I said this earlier, I just feel like Nick should almost be a judge. I mean, he's basically judging half the time. He just doesn't get a final say. Yeah. But he's always, like, giving suggestions, and I don't... He's very helpful. Like, compare that, like, if you look at the Great British Bake Off, both the hosts don't know anything about baking. They're just, it's just pure comic mm -hmm, relief, right? Mm -hmm. And, I don't know, it's just it's interesting that one of the hosts knows so much about making but he's just a host he's not a judge yeah but he's also you know one of the producers it was i think it was Nick's idea. and amy's idea to even do this show and i don't know that they even wanted to be a judge they're just like 
I'm just here to have a good time and look at these things. And someone else can and meet, send be the mean and meet interesting people. people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like they get more they get more enjoyment out of just like getting to know the contestants. And I, again, I wish there was more time. I love when they do these little things in between the challenges of like I forget what they did in season two. Just when they have these little games. Oh, like this this one they blindfold him. They're like, name what the tool is, mm-hmm. and they would just make the sound of the tool. Mm-hmm. I yeah. find that really fun. Mm-hmm. I don't. Know. I really they also did stuff. like the smelling of the material, like whether the edibles. You don't remember, like, oh, whether it's oh, edible yeah. or not. <laughs> and he's eating. And right. he like puts it. He's like, this is not oh, edible. No, like, he wasn't smelling. He was just looking at it. Yeah, it looked so real, like food. You wouldn't know. It was like the little mini cheeseburgers and stuff. Yeah. Like I love that stuff. I just. I could have used even more of that. I would have been fine with it. Um, Great show. Yeah. I, I like that it showcases these. The, and, you know, we have our fashion shows. We now have our baking shows. Yeah. It's, yeah, it showcases. We, we, where's our gardening show? We just, I also, you know, <laughs> I, and you know what? The other thing I love about this show is just the, the people that come on the show, to the contestants, and how much they care about each other. And I think it's These nice to see like best friends over. Yeah, there. like I like I enjoy seeing like good natured people instead of like all these like it's reality so TV shows yeah. where like they're tearing each other apart Everyone's, or like, they're helping just each other on the challenges. Yeah, like it, it's nice to see. I think I everyone's know. just so secure in themselves, yeah. their yeah. own vision that they right. don't even consider. And again, you're you're. You probably have everything pre-planned already and have submitted. You know, these are the materials I need. Blah, blah. Right. You, you're already so much in your own works, you know, in your head. So I wonder how much of that is the people being good, which I'm sure they all are. And I, But I wonder how much it's also, I wonder if the producers talk to these people before the show starts. And they're like, you're going to be on national TV and you guys all have a business around making stuff. Don't look like a dick on national TV because it's gonna hurt you in real life. Like yeah. I wonder, I wonder if there's that talk. Like the more you help people and the nicer you are, the better you're gonna look and the better you are off. The better you're off. Like once the show ends, because if you I look like an a hole on this show, yeah, no, like, no I agree one's with that. Work with I you. agree with that, but I also think that like if you you can still come off nice and not jump at the end to like help someone finish yeah. a project mm-hmm. like that's got to yeah. come from a genuine spot no, i don't sure. think that that's something you can fake cuz i just i wonder if that's something they consider too cuz most of these people have a business in making yeah. stuff for other people and if yeah. you look bad on this show like oh i'm sure yeah. there's an a- an aspect of it but i feel like that's genuine... like well like people are going to look you up they're going to look up your instagram mm-hmm. yeah like, mm-hmm. Yeah, Whatever ready for the third season. I love, you know, I love how they did all these new challenges. I wouldn't even know what to come up with. And right. they really did an excellent job. Like Stacey already said, doing a theme for each episode as well. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing we're just really missing is helping us understand why right. some of the judging <laughs> occurs the way it does. I do not want... I want doll legs banned from this TV show. <laughs> yeah, it's really traumatizing. I'm sorry. Here's but. my prediction. I think NBC cancels this show. I don't think it got high enough Netflix ratings. Netflix picks it up. Hold on. <laughs> I, I Judging by the lack of advertising, I, I just don't think their heart is behind the show. And yeah, I, th- I think it gets canceled, and then I think someone else picks it up, like a Netflix... Maybe a Disney Plus. No, not the mouse. There's so many streaming platforms coming out. Like someone's going to pick the show up and then it's going to be on a platform where you can have a whole hour. And I think it's just going to make the show Please better. Please don't say Disney Plus. Can you imagine that? Every challenge would be like, <laughs> recreate Cinderella oh, God, right. pumpkin right. or something. No, no you're right. Oh, I take it back. Netflix. Like Parks and Rec is on Netflix and they do, it's always in the top. 10 like trending things like they have they they probably have a really good relationship with nbc and with someone like amy mm-hmm. poehler who produces a lot of stuff now i just it would seem like a natural transition just to put it on there and i think they actually did that really well this season with the first time um on bake off where mm-hmm. they released one episode per week right and that seemed to work for them right where they, whatever they did with this making it didn't seem to you work know, this for... was just like a hot mess i don't know what just like the weirdest release I've ever seen for a TV show where they, they tried to do it like a streaming platform, but they're not a streaming platform. So I don't... Yeah, I don't know what that was. Like who's watching live TV 10 days in a row, like the same show? Nobody. 
no one's even watching live TV anymore unless it's like sports anyway. Um, Has the show inspired you to go make something? I do, during the show, I'm always like, I look at the house, I'm like, man, like, what if we just took this whole blank piece over here and just painted something crazy on it? <laughs> yeah, I'm really? Like, oh, wait, we rent this house. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't be able to do it, but the way these people decorate and create stuff, I'm like, man, I'd be nice to be able to do that. Like, I'd love to just take an extension cord and make a crazy thing on one of the walls there. Like, I have no idea. I can't do that. I you don't know if you can. You've never figure. tried. Um, no, go. Netflix. Pick it up. Do it. That's it. Well, Netflix it. has a lot. The most popular shows are not it. ex-NBC shows. Yeah. It's The Office, oh, really? Parks and Rec. I don't know. Some of their most popular. Oh, po- The which- Office uh, parody they did on Making It. Was that not funny? Was, wait, oh, wait, what are wait, they? Oh, Amy, yeah, yeah, yeah. And all they did yeah. was put on blazers and <laughs> Oh, that was so like funny. You <laughs> think some of the most... Well, Friends isn't on Netflix anymore, but some of the most successful stuff they've had was past NBC shows. I yeah. It would be natural for them to just take this over. Yeah, Tubby, run us through the credits. Where can people find us? Modern Life Pod at gmail.com that's our email um what instagram and twitter at modern life pod we have a website modern life podcast the website everything is categorized on the website now it's a beautiful thing tubby did most of it that's it that's all we got yeah we'll see you guys in january we'll be releasing another two episodes we'll see you guys then Bye. bye bye